What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Copan. It's January 31, 2023, and this is Lift and Learn episode 132. In this episode, I'll talk about exactly why you need to stop looking at the scale if you're looking for more progress, and then I'll talk about a few ways and actually why you should be changing your eating for the rest of this year or really the rest of your life. Before that, though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately. And that might include fitness-related topics, and it might not. If you want to follow me, your host, on Instagram, it's isaiah.copon. And you can also check out my website, isaiahcopon.com. The podcast is on Instagram, at liftandlearnpodcast, on Twitter, at liftandlearnpod, and also on Facebook. You can just search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said, let's get into it. I totally forgot that I was going to be away last week, so I wasn't able to upload an episode, but I'm back. Where did I go last week? Oh, thanks for asking. Went to Buffalo in the middle of a snowstorm. I went last Wednesday, trekked to the uh, Sabres game against the Chicago Blackhawks. Y'all know that's my team. Sad part is Connor Bedard, rookie of the year, possibly. He was not at the game because he just had surgery on his jaw a few weeks ago. So that sucked, but I couldn't not go to the game because the tickets were pretty expensive and the hotel was non-refundable. Seats were wicked though. My god, I haven't been to the Buffalo Arena before for a game, so that was super fun. Blackhawks, I mean, they lost, so they got absolutely dominated. But um, might get um, different seats next time, a bit higher up. Like maybe like road 10 to 12 or something, because... We'll talk about that in a second. Okay, so backtracking a little bit because on my way to Buffalo itself, that was an adventure. I don't know if you remember, but last week there was a football game. It was delayed like a day because the Bills game ended up being on a Monday night because they were paying like 20 people or 20 people, $20 an hour to like, they were paying people $20 an hour to clear the arena because of the snowstorm. I left for Buffalo a few days later, it was still snowing, so on the way to the border, things looked good until I got to about like maybe 10 minutes away from the border and it just absolutely turned into whiteout conditions. So I took the Model Y, I took that down, tested it a bit to see how it would survive in the snow. Long story short, it survived without winter tires. Getting through the border was no issue. I usually get stopped, but not this time finally and probably 10 minutes after i got through the border i got a notification on my watch that said the game was postponed to the next day so it was supposed to be wednesday and because of the conditions they delayed the game a day which wasn't that bad i was just thinking okay i can do some shopping today so i was near uh walden galleria which is a mall i don't know some kind of shopping center in buffalo and the weather was so bad outside that it was actually closed so instead of that, uh, instead of that, instead of that, um, I just decided to charge the car. I think it was around 35% at the time. I pull up to the supercharger and the chargers were just buried, like buried with snow. Two of them didn't like lock in properly. So it wouldn't charge. And thankfully the third one I tried, it worked and I had all day to charge since everything was closed. So got up to a hundred percent. 
I read a bit in the car. That's what I remember. Although the charging stuff is kind of annoying. I take advantage of that time to actually do something useful or at least enjoyable. I don't know, reading, catching up on YouTube videos or working on my laptop in the car too. I've done a few times. That night, I, d I remember just being stuck at the hotel, had food there twice, and then I swam a little bit. The next morning was more exciting. That was game day, but started with a quick little like lift in the morning in the hotel gym, walked around the mall for a little bit. I just killed time until the game, which was obviously at night. Uh, it wasn't that bad to walk there. L Thankfully, the hotel was right beside the arena, so that was super clutch, but I had to walk there and back, but whatever, it was fine, even in the snow, like... I'm telling you, there was so much snow that, like, there were these stairs that I was supposed to go down, and I don't, they were not stairs anymore. It was just, like, a hill. It was so wild. The game itself, it was cool. So this is what I wanted to talk about. Our seats, man, they are so close. Two rows behind the penalty box. So there was one time Seth Jones took a penalty, classic, you know, and he was literally within arm's reach. Man, it sucks that Bedard wasn't playing, but I hope I get to see him next year. Um, yeah, Blackhawks got dominated, so we won't talk about that. That was pretty much the trip, just a good little vacation away from the workplace. Then I have to mention, past weekend was pretty good too. Lots of family and friends stuff going on. Uh, it was my mom's 60th birthday, so we had two events for her. One was a surprise where we went to this buffet, got to see the Cuzzos. Uh, got to finally ask my uncle what he thought of that Game Boy gift, like, equivalent that i got him for christmas but he says he hasn't got to use it much yet and he's not even playing his nintendo switch so i guess life's busy for the kid then a few days ago on the sunday i went out with some of the trainers at my gym i had to go to barry that was the worst part it was like an hour and i don't know 20 minutes away they i mean as in the workers knew as soon as i got there that i would be lost i mean not surprisingly i was there first even though i was already just right on time because the parking lot was confusing enough as a team so we decided to go snow tubing it was pretty fun i never done anything like that i don't know if the snow was real i mean i don't know it seemed real to me i try to stay as far away from snow as i can unless i'm like in the car whipping some donuts but i guess i've had a hard time doing that this month i had the snowstorm and then i go do this so this first drop that we had, it was a 10-foot drop. I think it was like, no, sorry, not 10 foot, 10 stories. So we got down. Okay, that wasn't bad. Okay, we were panicking a little bit up top, but it was fine. So they ended up telling us that there's a higher and faster one as well. So, of course, we had to go do that. Really wasn't that bad. Uh, first few runs, we got like a group of three or four, and I think even five of us actually to go down. That was pretty fast, but... After doing this like a few times, you get used to it. So on the last run, I was like, I have to go by myself. They were saying like, it's faster if you're by yourself. So I was like, oh, I have to at least try it once. I mean, I drove damn near 90 minutes to get there. Might as well go down and experience it to the fullest, which I did. I'm proud of myself, but honestly, it's not that bad. I mean, it could be worse. So that's my last few weeks. I don't know. Pretty good January. Even though the podcast did not come out regularly, like I thought they would start, but uh, let's try. Let's be better for February. Uh, I had a hip thrust machine PR this month. Uh, this month, I think that was just like yesterday. Four hundred fifty pounds. Not exactly the best thing to brag about, but all of my lifts improved, so we'll take that as a win. I even had a pretty good in body scan for the month, up in weight three pounds, but also up in muscle mass and down in body fat percentage, which those are always the good signs. 
And since I'm on this topic, we might as well dive into the topic since the first one actually has to do with this exact thing. Question one, why you need to stop looking at weight when it comes to ideal body weight? This one is hard for most people to wrap their head around. Even these days, I struggle to get my point across at times because people are so focused on the weight on the scale, uh, on the weight of the scale or what the scale says, which is probably one of the worst things to keep track of for some people. This is especially true for someone working out for less than a year, especially when it comes to weight loss. A good metric to go by would be looking at body fat percentage instead. And BMI is another one where if you're a lifter already, it's pretty much useless. If you're new, it's something to kind of go by, but you'll notice that as you build more muscle, it just doesn't make sense. When you're looking at the weight on the scale, it doesn't account for body composition. So the number on the scale represents your total body weight, which includes muscle, bone, water, and fat. A healthier and more attractive physique is more about having a proportion of lean muscle mass and lower body fat, rather, th uh, rather than just losing the overall weight. So even if the scale doesn't show a significant change, you could still be making progress in your appearance by increasing muscle and reducing fat. You can easily look this up on Google. If you were to look up 170 pound person with 35% uh, body fat versus a 170-pound person with 20% body fat, there's a clear difference there, even though their weight is the same. You have to also remember that uh, the scale doesn't really consider body shape, genetics. I mean, we all come in sh different shapes and sizes, and genetics play a significant role into when it comes to how your body holds body fat, uh, where it holds it, and yeah, like your natural build, the distribution of weight. What I've found over the years of being a personal trainer is that weighing yourself, especially every day, can lead to unhealthy behaviors. You start to become obsessed with a number on the scale, which can lead to unhealthy practices like crash dieting, which includes a severe calorie restriction, or even over-exercising or over-training, which can have its own detrimental effects on both your physical and mental health. When you go down this path, whatever you're doing is usually unsustainable and can lead to nutrient deficiencies, even muscle loss if you're doing too much exercise, and an unhealthy relationship with food. Remember that um, what I've found from some of my clients, I think um, the scale can actually harm self-esteem and like body image. It can give you like negative body image issues. Um, and another thing to remember is that the weight on the scale doesn't reflect overall health. You have to take in the other factors like nutrition, exercise, sleep, stress management, genetics. These all play a significant role in how you look and feel. So focusing solely on weight neglects, the, uh, neglects these other important aspects of overall health, which are way more important than that stupid number that people just get too caught up in. Another thing I've seen with my experience that the weight on the scale can actually be demotivating. That's basically what it just said. Especially if you don't see the number drop as fast as you want or worse, you go up in weight. Weight fluctuates every day and that can be due to various factors like water retention, hormonal changes, digestion, how late did you eat dinner the night before, especially if you're taking your weight in the early morning. That could even play a factor there. There's so many factors that you can take into account. Seeing fluctuations on the scale can be um, frustrating, actually. It's like a sense of failure at times, even though you're making positive changes to your lifestyle. So instead of fixating on the number on the scale, it's more productive to just focus on the holistic measures of health. So handle the four main pillars of health, managing stress, sleep, making dis better decisions with the diet, exercising consistently. If you're doing all of these things, the physical results that you're probably looking for are, are going to happen. So let me summarize here real quick, okay? Don't just weigh yourself on a normal scale. What's important is body composition. So 
Take into account your body fat percentage, muscle mass. This will give you a better idea of your overall fitness and appearance. They have special scales that do this. They're not the most accurate in the world, but they could give you more uh, meaningful details about muscle mass versus fat percentage. Measurements are a great way to track as well. That way you'll know when you lose inches off of your waist. I'll have times where clients will do a scan and we won't see much results on there. So they're discouraged a little bit. Fast forward later into the same session, a few minutes later, the same client starts talking about how he's having to buy new pants because his current pants keep falling. I mean, that's results right there, and he just didn't see it because he was so fixated on those numbers. Another thing that gets overlooked is paying attention to how you feel. How easy is day-to-day life now that you've been strength training? How's your energy levels, mood, and overall health? There's, of course, other health indicators too, like blood pressure, cholesterol levels, and blood sugar as they relate to your overall health. So if you're taking medications, it's about reducing how many you need to take on a daily basis. That's real health right there. Topic number two, changing your eating in 2024. First things first, when I say you need to change your eating this year, that doesn't mean you need to go out and just look for some diet with a name. It doesn't matter. Usually if it has a name, then you're removing some important food group, which is not ideal. A big talking point for the last year was this all meat diet, carnivore diet. Now there's pros and cons to this. Pros would be high amounts of protein, which as a general population were lacking. But where's the micronutrients coming from or the fiber intake? You have to eat vegetables too. Now, when it comes to vegan or being vegetarian, that's a good one as well because you're getting in your greens and getting a good fiber intake and a good dose of micronutrients as well. Again, as a gen pop, we're not getting enough of that on average, but there's little protein in that diet and going vegan or vegetarian means you'll likely have to use supplements to maintain or not be lacking in minerals or vitamins that vegetable sources won't give you, like the certain minerals and vitamins you'd only get from eating meat and other food groups that... Again, you're omitting from the diet. This has been made worse because we've started the year with yet another vegan propaganda show on Netflix, You Are What You Eat, and I watched the doc because I had multiple clients bring it up. They're easily predictable findings, nothing mind-blowing, I'll be honest, but let's get back to the topic here. Few things to think about for this year. As a general population, it would be a good idea to aim for higher protein and vegetable intake this year. Maybe that means just eating one vegetable a week. If that's better than last week, that's all that matters. Changing your eating habits for the new year is a common resolution, but you want to stick with it for more than just a few weeks to start the year. So I wrote down some steps to help you make sustainable and healthy changes to your diet. You need to set specific goals. We always start with goal setting, don't we? Well, that's one of the easiest ways to be better for the future. You need to be aiming to eat more fruits and vegetables to reduce sugar intake or maybe even uh, improve portion control. Maybe all of the above. Regardless, write it down. This should help you stay focused and you'll have that constant reminder. Making these changes are going to be hard and that's why you need to start slowly. Baby steps. Don't attempt a complete diet change overnight. Gradual changes are way more sustainable and that's really the biggest factor i always always tell my clients to start by making small manageable adjustments to their eating habits literally just had this conversation earlier this week where one of my clients read that he's supposed to eat 150 grams of protein every day according to his weight and lean mass or whatever so i told him that's a number to possibly get to in the future but he was only having give or take 90 grams of protein every day So we averaged that out to 30 grams of protein per meal since he was having three meals daily. 
I told him from there, your goal is to get around 10 grams more per meal if possible. A lot more manageable from that point of view, as opposed to just saying, eat 60 grams more protein. It seems like the it's so far away. So this will increase his protein intake daily. Up, It'll be up 30 grams a day. So now instead of having 90 grams of protein uh, every day, he's having closer to 120 grams. So you got to make that sustainable, keep that up for a bit. And then think about increasing that by adding another meal, maybe having some protein-filled snacks or bumping up the protein per meal again. It's just about um, taking those small steps to get to your end goal. So alter your food slowly. You don't just want to change your whole diet because that usually is unsustainable. You've likely been eating the same way for years and years. The best option when it comes to changing your diet is doing it slowly. Make better decisions with the plate of food that you typically have. Now, these days, that likely means a lot more carbs, um, a lot of carbs, uh, a bit of protein, vegetables, and maybe fruits kind of become an afterthought. There's either only a little bit or none at all. Next point is that you need to educate yourself, and there's a lot of ways to do this now. Learn about nutrition and the principles of a balanced diet, and trust me, you won't find out how to do this on your local news network. Understand the basics of macronutrients, which is carbs, proteins, and fats, and micronutrients like vitamins and minerals. This is exactly why I recommend getting a food scale. It's not just so that you can be annoyed about having to weigh out your food. It's about tracking what you eat, seeing exactly what the heck is in your food when it comes to macronutrients. So the breakdown of proteins, fats, and carbs and for all those foods, and then the micronutrients, which will help you function optimally. Because all foods have a different ratio. It's not like chicken breast and salmon are just protein foods. There's some carbs and fats in there. There's protein and rice. It's just minimal in comparison to the amount of carbs there are. White bread loaded with simple sugars, all that stuff. These are things to study, and it makes it easier later on to intuitively eat, which means you won't have to rely on the scale forever. And this leads into tracking your progress. Keep a food journal or use a nutrition app to track your meals. This can help you stay on track, make necessary adjustments. There's apps for this. I use MyFitnessPal, but I'm thinking about switching to a different app if I can find something better. So I've been testing a few of them out, but it seems like a lot of them have some sort of payment plan attached to them to unlock all of their features, which is super annoying. Something that those apps can help you do is to plan your meals. Meal plans don't work, but planning your meals does. Plan your meals and snacks in advance. I used to do this when I cared a lot about losing or gaining the weight the right way. Create a weekly meal plan, maybe even just daily to start. A meal plan that includes a variety of foods to ensure you're getting a balanced diet or you have a balanced diet. And then the next point, portion control. You might have spent your whole life not even thinking about this ever. If you want to change your eating habits for this year, some little tricks you could use would be to use smaller plates and bowls to help control your portions. You have to listen to your body's hunger and fullness cues as well. Don't just eat until you're so stuffed that you can't move. you got to eat until you're like 80% full. That would probably be the best approach. And then in between plates of food, have a big glass of water, wait a few minutes, and reassess if you're still hungry. Um, Including a variety of foods. Okay, so I said this one earlier. Incorporate a wide range of foods in your diet to ensure you get a diverse uh, amount of nutrients. Include fruits, vegetables, whole grains, lean proteins, healthy fats. This is why I don't really like following a diet with a name. You should be including everything in the diet. There's no one food that's technically bad for you, quote unquote. Um, Everything is fine in moderation. Find the balance that works best for you. At the same time, upping the fruits and vegetable intake, increasing those Uh, Increasing those lean proteins you're eating, reducing your ultra-processed food intake, 
There's so many foods now just loaded with sugars and extra fats to make you just eat more or, or, or overeat so you can continue to buy those foods and give them more money. One of the biggest game changers, are you ready? Cook your food at home. This gives you full control. Control over the ingredients and cooking methods used in your meals. It also saves money. Maybe that means prepping one dinner for the week instead of eating out four or five times a week. Redu- you have to reduce that slowly. Uh, maybe by March, maybe by March, you've cut out one takeout meal per week. It's a bit cheaper depending on what you're eating. Especially the difference between eating chicken wings made at home versus what that would cost at a restaurant. That's the one I notice because I make chicken at home and... Yeah, maybe it's not as good as some of the best wing places, but that's just the way it goes. They're better cooks than I am. That's not my fault. You also have the added benefit of knowing exactly what you're putting on the chicken. So what ingredients, dressing, seasonings, what sauces you're using. And don't get me started about limiting added sugars. That ties into this right here. The wings that the restaurant serves you are probably drowned in sauces that are just loaded with sugar. Reduce your your intake of foods and drinks high in added sugars such as i don't know sugary fruit drinks candies processed snacks if that's an issue for you i know we're talking about eating but this is pretty related because it could mean you eat less food so the next point stay hydrated drink plenty of water throughout the day sometimes thirst can be mistaken for hunger so avoid the sugary drinks go for the good old water even though yeah it can be bland sometimes If you do find that you really just can't go on with your bland food, something to consider would be to allow treats in moderation. I mean, it's okay to enjoy occasional treats. Moderation is key. Like I said earlier, not just demonizing one food and saying it's bad. Nothing you eat just one time, a little bit, will be bad for you. Um, Depriving yourself of foods you enjoy can lead to cravings, overindulgence if it gets uh, a little bit extreme. I have a single Krispy Kreme donut every week or two. It doesn't mean I hate myself for craving it. I enjoy it and move on. The rest of the diet is on point, so there's really nothing to stress about. This is something I had to learn a few years later. For me, and especially for my clients, that balance is necessary. You can't just be eating bland foods forever. That's not a strategy that breeds success. Honestly, if you do all the things, or at least most of the things I mentioned, you should really be set for life. You have to celebrate your success along the way. If you're eating more protein daily, be proud of that. If you're eating more vegetables, you'll feel better. You won't be deficient in vitamins and minerals. You'll notice aspects of your life change for the better. As long as you're patient, persistent, you'll get to those new eating habits, goals that you might have. Changing your eating habits is a process that takes time. Just don't get discouraged by occasional setbacks. Stay committed to your goals. It's essential to approach dietary changes as a long-term commitment to a healthier lifestyle rather than like a short-term, uh, short-term fix. The new year is a great time to start fresh, but these changes can be implemented at any time to improve your overall health and well-being. And that concludes episode 132 of the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole, then please leave a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. If you want to follow me, your host, I'm Isaiah.Copon on Instagram. And you can also check out my website, IsaiahCopon.com. If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. And there's also a Facebook page if you just search Lift and Learn Podcast.